0: Welcome to MLB Extras, the Houston Astros edition. I am Allison Footer here with my good buddy Brian McTaggart. Tags, let's start off with a recent acquisition that the Astros made. They signed veteran catcher Robinson Torino's who was with the Rangers, so we're very familiar with him, uh, to a one-year contract. So I thought this was kind of interesting. I wasn't sure exactly if he was going to be the starter or if they had just acquired another backup. Um, so what can you tell us about where he fits in?
1: Well, you know, not quite sure yet until the, you know the Astros, uh, you know, give us a little more, you know, background comment on what their plans are. But it, yeah, it certainly seemed like a little bit of a weird move considering he doesn't profile as a guy that you necessarily would be a a starter on a team that, you know, you expect to contend. It's not Wilson Ramos or uh, Yasmany Grandal or one of those guys. So, um, you know, you wonder if there's going to be another move coming at catcher sort of with Chirinos being a guy in the mix, or, you know, maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe they're going to go with Chirinos and Max Stassi and, uh, you know, save some of that money that they were going to, they could have spent on catcher to use elsewhere, you know, DH, pitcher, that kind of thing. So, Um, You know, it wouldn't surprise me if they bring in another catcher or, you know, maybe this is it. And they feel that, you know, they can get by with, uh, you know, Chirinos is a guy who who does, you know, can do some things offensively. Right-handed pull hitter, Crawford boxes, you know, he he could hit some home runs. Very likable guy from, you know, everything we hear. Um, Jose Altuve and, and Chirinos are very, very close. If you make the former MVP happy, that's never a bad thing. You know, defensively. His numbers have not been very good recently, but, you know, Max Stassi is kind of the opposite. He's more of the the uh, defensive wizard behind the plate, especially as far as pitch framing goes. You know, Trino hasn't been a very good pitch framer recently, has not thrown out runners at a very good clip. Um, so, you know, he's certainly not Martin Maldonado behind the plate, but it uh, looks like he can provide a little bit more offensively. But I still think there's uh, a couple of more moves coming from the Astros, and I think we'll have to wait – to get the, the full pieces of all the puzzle to see where Torino's fits in.
0: Yeah. So we're just a few days away from the winter meetings starting. Um, and so what, what do you think that the Astros, what are their priorities going uh, to the meetings and what kind of expectations do they have uh, during the meetings to get something done?
1: Well, I think right now starting pitching is their number one priority and they need one. They need a middle Uh, middle of the rotation arm. I mean, they have Cole and Verlander coming back, you know, very strong one-two right up there with pretty much anybody else. Um, And they have a lot of options at the back end of the the rotation with Colin McHugh, the guy you could shift to the rotation, some young guys coming up in the force, Whitley's, and then Josh James. We got a glimpse of him last year. And even Franver Valdez, the lefty, who if he can uh, stop blocking people could be very effective. They just need need a bridge between those two aces and then the the back-end guys and And there there are guys out there, and, you know, the the names we've thrown around for a couple of weeks now, the Nathan Ivaldi's, the the J-Haps, people like that, I think they will get one of those guys. Um, They almost have to. And, you know, who that is, is, it's hard to say at this point. I still think adding another bat is a a priority to them, Um, you know, whether that's going to come with, you know, the catcher we just talked about. But they certainly have, and I wrote about this the other day, they certainly have this. I wouldn't say hold in left field, but sort of a question mark in left field. They had seven different players starting left field in the regular season last year, the most at any position other than pitcher. And, you know, Kyle Tucker had his shot. You know, Tony Kemp did a pretty nice job. You know, it was Marvin Gonzalez in the playoffs. Uh, you know, a couple other guys took turns out there. But, you know, they there are some guys that they could get in the outfield that could sort of put them with Reddick and Springer and have this dynamic outfield. So there is a spot to add a baton with a designated hitter. It gives them flexibility to add somebody, move someone to the DH, move people around. So it's going to be interesting. But I think number one is getting that number three starting pitcher.
0: Yeah, I I liked the names that you suggested that might be a fit for the Astros uh, to fill one of those outfield spots. Andrew McCutcheon, I really hadn't thought about him, but I always thought like because his best years are definitely behind him. He's 32 years old. He's not an MVP caliber player anymore, but he's still a very good player. And I think that if you put him on a team – like, like the Astros that have a very strong offense and aren't um, depending too much on his bat, which is, you know, a little bit more, maybe above average at best uh, he might be, and he's very good defensively. So he, I, I would imagine that he might be affordable and, uh, and fit in pretty well um, maybe a little more than Michael Brantley uh, who might command a little bit more in salary and AJ Pollock, which I think is another interesting name, but I think I kind of like McCutcheon of all those three.
1: Yeah, I do, too. Uh, the thing with Brantley is he's left-handed. I mean, that would be a good, you know, they could use a left-handed stick. But, yeah, I mean, McCutcheon coming in, I mean, his second half last year was pretty good. I mean, I think his OPS was over 800. But, yeah, he'd sort of kind of be like McCann a couple of years ago, a, a guy who who still has it a little bit at the plate but just provides this great leadership, this this great glue in the glove house. Uh, a guy that the young players can get behind and follow. Um and he's got a great reputation, and you know, a chance to win on on a team that's set up for winning, I think, would have to appeal to him as well. So, you yeah, know, I, th- I think he would be a, a tremendous fit. Pollock, like you said, I mean, I think that would that would take a little bit more of a commitment, and you know, he's a center fielder primarily. He want to go glove there, so now you're you're looking at moving Springer out of center. You know, Springer did come up as a right fielder, put Reddick and left. I think either one of them would be great, but I, I agree. Of those three, I think McCutcheon financially. And just with the leadership and, and being through what he's been through would make a lot of sense. It would give the Astros, what, three three former MVPs on their team now with uh, McCutcheon, Verlander, and Altuve if they can pull it off. So that, that would be one to keep an eye on.
0: So I want to go back to catcher just for a second because I was a little confused on this, and I have covered baseball for a very long time, so I probably should know this. But they non-tendered Chris Herman um, after getting him off waivers. So – can you explain why they non-tendered him? Should I know this?
1: Yeah. Well, it's weird. I mean, they they claimed him off waivers at the beginning of November, and then at the end of November, they non-tendered him. But I, I think, I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing what happened is that um, they tried to work out a deal with him, and Herman probably wanted more. You know, he was arbitration eligible, so he probably wanted more than the Astros were willing to pay. I know MLB trade rumors said that and they're pretty they're pretty on spot with a lot of this stuff said that he was uh, probably going to get around 1.5 million in arbitration so you know maybe the Astros got him and said hey you know well you, you know he's a hometown guy he's, he's from the Houston area i mean i even talked to him that night he was thrilled to be coming to the Astros and maybe they're they're like hey you know play for your hometown team for a million dollars and he was like well you know i'm i'm worth more than that his agent says i'm worth more than that and maybe the negotiations just stopped there and they just couldn't get a deal done. I'm I'm guessing that's probably the way that went down.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. It just, uh, that seems super weird to, uh, he was here and then he was gone and he was so, yeah, like you said, he was
1: so excited being from here. Um, yeah. And we throw these numbers around like, okay, MLB trade rumor says he'll get 1.5 Astros offer one. Well, you know, Oh, why doesn't he take that? But that's still, you know, we're just spitballing numbers here, but, even if even if three three hundred thousand dollars apart, that's still three hundred thousand dollars for a guy who hasn't you know, doesn't have a big long term contract. And that's still a lot of money. So, uh, you know, I, I can certainly see how he wants to you know, maybe try free agency and, and get his what he feels is his worth other than play for the hometown team.
0: Yeah, and catching is such a hard thing to find that he's uh, probably right and that he could get more than that because um, catchers are not a dime a dozen and getting a good, solid defensive catcher, even if they don't have a long track record, like you said, they can usually squeeze a few more dollars out of whatever team they're playing for in this situation um, because of that. Um, so let's uh, totally switch gears, Tags.
1: Okay. Um,
0: and you're going to need to explain this one. Um, there's, there's some social media... Uh, images of Alex Rodriguez, better known as A-Rod, and Alex Bregman running on a beach together, (laughs) I believe, uh, in slow motion. Um, uh, Cue the Chariots of Fire music. And they seem to be uh, workout buddies. So can you explain how this whole thing came about and and what in the world they're
1: doing? Uh, Probably not as much as you'd want me to. Uh, I I know that Alex has been very... Active this offseason you know he got this uh youtube channel which i've never subscribed to a youtube channel maybe i should just to see what alex is up to and he's been going around town and apparently now around the country and and doing different things and it looks like yeah he was working out with a rod in la and i i know that in one of his social media posts he did he did call him a mentor called a rod a mentor so maybe that you know there's a, a close relationship there that i certainly wasn't aware of but i think Whatever they're doing is all part of this YouTube channel that you know Alex has put together, and he's done some really cool things on there this year. He's he went to a restaurant with some of his friends and gave a, a $500 tip to a, a waitress who had her car broken into earlier that day. He uh, he crashed a wedding of a, a couple, a young couple getting married in Houston, who were fans of him and ended up coming to the wedding. And uh, you know, I was with him a couple of, a couple of weeks ago at a furniture store here in Houston before Thanksgiving. He was handing out uh, he, he had bought 500 turkeys, and he was there at 8 in the morning with a bunch of his friends, handing them out. And he was, you know, if anyone needed help getting the turkeys to their car, Alex was, you know, pushing his friends like, hey, go help her, help him get these turkeys to the car, doing the kind of stuff he doesn't have to do. So uh, it looks like running on the beach with A-Rod is probably something he wants to do. And, uh <laughs> And uh, I guess I need to subscribe to the YouTube channel to see what's up. <laughs> well, as long as he keeps tweeting out all the really important things we need to see from this whole uh,
0: this whole undertaking, then I, maybe we don't have to subscribe. But, yeah, I, you know, I mean, players today, they're into – they're very aware of, of the value of marketing themselves, and they don't need to necessarily wait around for their, their teams to do it. And, uh, and good for him. He's embraced his stardom, and uh, I just – Oh, he has, for sure. Yeah, so um, I think uh, – you know, whatever, you want to hang out with A-Rod in your, in your off season, more power to you. Um.
1: Yeah. He's been, on the last two years, he's been all over the place. I mean, after last year, you know, he was on Saturday Night Live. He, I mean, he was everywhere and he still is everywhere and, you know, hats off to him, he, you know, taking advantage of the position he's in, but he, you know, he's, he's doing a lot of good things along the way. And that's, you know, you got to applaud him for that
0: yeah absolutely he's a very charitable guy and he's got a big heart so uh so it's uh, good for astros fans that he's uh, on their team so okay tags thanks uh, enjoy the winter meetings and we'll catch up with you uh the following week and everybody thank you for listening to mlb extras the houston astros edition we'll catch up with you next time